0: The longer they're on your product page, the more they're starting to know you, like you and trust you. They are associating with you.
1: Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers are you wasting your cash. Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash Eva.
0: The longer a customer camps on your website and or product listing, the more likely they are to buy your product. And in this episode, we're going to explore ways to get your time on site increased so that you've got a better shot at making sales. It's all part of our conversation related to conversion frontiers, conversion possibility frontiers. And we're really excited to continue the conversation.
1: Michael, are you ready to jump into this? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Perhaps we should just remind listeners how this fits into the context of the conversion rate possibility frontiers. I like that phrase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Where does it fit into that conversation?
0: Yeah. So basically this idea, if you haven't listened to the prior episodes recently, what we're talking about is looking at your conversion rate metric and asking the question, what would happen if it doubled? And then what would happen if it doubled again? And if you do that work, you think it through, you can do math and Shopify that makes it very easy on the analytics dashboard. To just think to yourself, okay, what if I did actually double my orders? The thesis here is you can actually make a lot more sales on no increase in uh, traffic. And uh, the the reason this is so vital is because so many people come to us and, you know, because I, you know, I wrote Instagram power and YouTube uh, marketing power and Pinterest power. A lot of people come to us with that frame of mind, which is I need more traffic to my website and it is true we need traffic but it is also true that the better you convert it the less you need and so that's the thinking behind this whole conversation and there are these dynamic and interesting aspects
1: of you know improving your conversion rate and so yeah there you go that's it fantastic just to put it in a slightly wider context as well i think we've got a whole theme of of content we do called profit strategy and um that is not even a phrase I hear very often. Yeah. Obviously, it should be because it's all about profit. If you're going to sell your business, it's a profit multiplied by the, you know, the whatever multiplier you can get. That's how e-commerce businesses are valued these days, for better or for worse. And if you're going to try and live off it, you can't, you know, pay yourself dividends out of revenue. So it's just yeah. a simple thing. But again, it comes up to that profit focus. that I know you and your your followers have, which is, I think, really great stuff. Yeah. So let's dig into how this time of how this idea of time on site impacts this conversion rate then. So I, I think just to circle back to you,
0: your comment for one quick moment about profitability. Think about conversion rate like this. If you double your conversion rate, you're double your revenue with zero additional marketing costs. If you double mm-hmm. your conversion rate, you'll radically improve the results of your advertising. And this is really key. We talked to a lot of people, Michael, I know you probably do as well, who are trying to make sales online through through advertising whether it's, you know, Amazon's, you know, the AMS platform, marketing platform, or it's through Facebook ads or whatever. And they complain and groan about the ads not performing, but they frequently don't make that next connection point and say to themselves, the conversion rate on my website is not supporting this effort or cause. And so, you know, think about it. If you double your conversion rate, you radically improve your Facebook ads or AMS ads, you'll definitely make a lot more profit with fewer customers. And you will more than double your profits if you double your conversion rate, because all things being equal, you know, your other fixed costs don't change. And so all of this, all of this is the benefit of looking at your conversion rate and really thinking it through. So anyway, so there you go, a little bit more
1: on that topic. Excellent. So uh, I guess that kind of reminds us why this is important in general to focus on conversion rates. Why is time on site, though, particularly important for the conversion rate, do you think?
0: Yeah, there's there's an interesting um, thing that piqued my interest long ago, and it really got me thinking about this whole idea of time on site. And it was um, related to brick and mortar retailers. The statistic that I heard that caught my interest was, in a brick-and-mortar retail store, people have done tons of analysis and in-store data collection and information, you know, at the, at the store level at these big stores, you know, Target or Williams-Sonoma or, you know, other amazing brick-and-mortar retailers. And what they have discovered is the correlation between the duration of time someone's in a store and the amount that they buy. And that's an offline, old-school brick-and-mortar reality but I do think that the corollary is just immediately relevant to e-commerce sellers as well and that is that the time on the website that people spend or the time in you know on the product listing if you're on Amazon directly relates to their likelihood to purchase and in, so we want to talk through that detail now there's there's a few things that I think are interesting. In terms of stats, people have done research on this. According to one group, the Brafton group, the average time on a page, they looked at 181 websites, the average time on a page was 2 minutes and 17 seconds. The average time on on the website in total, or the number of pages, sorry, in total that people on average visit is 2 pages. So maybe a product page in your homepage or your homepage in a secondary page. So if you want to have some benchmarks to think about as you look at your data, think about two minutes and 17 seconds being industry average for how long somebody would be on a website and uh, that two pages are what's on average looked at. And so that, that gives you a little bit of idea of what sort of industry average looks like. And the question is, can you improve that? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I think we've got nine tips here to help improve those. Those numbers.
1: Excellent. Yeah. And it's not something that that as an Amazon focused seller that I've really been conscious of because Amazon doesn't share this with us. But it's obviously something that now we were mm-hmm. thinking of it that way. Mm-hmm. I imagine that Shopify, like most Google, you know, any Google Analytics link sites will have that. But That's we right. can still work to do that. We won't be able to measure the results so easily directly in terms of time on site. But we can measure it with the conversion rate, which is yeah. after all what, what matters, right? Yep. So, sounds good. Now, we've got a little graphic in our notes here about four types of customer purchase intent. Is that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. part of what we're doing with here what what's that all about Yeah I mean I think if you start to really research this and geek out over it you'll run across this
0: phrase called buying intent or customer purchase intent you've probably heard that phrase before from other you know online marketers and yeah. so the question is why are people on your site and this gets to a lot of the nuts and bolts of of Google organic search work and that kind of thing where you'll you'll hear this phrase like are they buying keywords or are they non-buying keywords and do customers have or visitors have the intent to buy when they visit your site and so you clearly start to see these customer paths emerge or these customer mindsets emerge and this little chart from Namogo I never heard of that company before but they have a nice little graphic I saw and it basically said there's four types of customer intent and they categorize them as Informational intent, where someone's just looking for information about a topic or a set of products or something like that. They have no intent to buy; they just they just want information. They're trying to beef up their knowledge. So that's the first one. The second one, investigative intent, where they're considering buying and they're evaluating the uh, benefits or you know the uh, the uh, the opportunity of the product space, what's out there, that kind of thing. And then there's navigational intent consideration related to conversion, but it's also because it may, maybe they're reading an article somewhere else, or they're on Pinterest looking at a topic that interests them, and they see you know a, an item or image in Pinterest, and they click through, and they've got the navigational intent to follow the breadcrumbs to your product or to your to your your website. So that's navigational intent. And then the fourth one is transactional intent where they're definitely ready to buy. They want to just find the item, put it in their cart. And you just don't know what people are doing on your website as obviously as you would like, but you have to think through this framework and ask yourself the question, am I satiating these people's desire or need if they're informational intent, you know, visitors, or if they're investigative intent visitors, this is the work that you've got to do as the Product page owner <laughs> or the the uh, the listing owner in Amazon, you got to think through how do I serve these four customers uh, or four visitors, um, and uh, and so that there you have it. I have an example I'll share, but Michael, what are your thoughts on this uh, diagram and the thinking here?
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. It's, again, another sort of funnel-type thinking, which is kind of obvious mm-hmm. as soon as you think about it, and it, it makes sense. Another phrase I've used, I've, I've heard used is surfers, searchers, and shoppers. So people are just knocking around the internet. Mm-hmm. They're probably not people you're ever going to want particularly to get. They're looking for cat videos. You're probably less best to let them get on with that. But searchers are kind of looking for information as opposed to shoppers who are looking for products. And I guess mm-hmm. that you know, if you're running your own Shopify direct-to-consumer store, you really have to differentiate with those two because if you keep making the, the classic kind of e-commerce, engagement slash you know quotes unquote is hello have 10% off my product And when when people don't know who you are they don't know if they need your product yet you're much better off saying you know you're searching Mm. for x here's a report about it and I've been working with uh, a client of mine he's got a a Shopify site and for that exact reason to try and say well where are they at in their journey and it's not Hard to think it through once you think about it. It's just one of those insights that people get and go, "Oh yeah, yeah," and then abandon and don't build into yeah, their site. Yeah. So, I think that's the key is to get some implementation on this stuff, isn't it? Really? I
0: yeah, I agree. But I also not to disagree, but 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 along the same lines, I do think that we can make false dichotomies out of these things Maybe. that are oversimplifications. So for for example, I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying it's an easy thing to do to say oh someone with informational intent is not going to buy therefore i ignore them exclude them or discard you know any interest in them that is a huge mistake i in my thinking because let's just you you know use the example cat videos cat videos are watched by people who like cats people who like cats are people who have cats people who have cats are people who buy cat food and whatever else so if you're in the cat biz then cat videos are what you want to camp on <laughs> So that's it's just like point. thinking, what is the information that's also relevant to my ideal consumer? Because I'll tell you, you know, just think about our own behavior. There are many times where I'm looking at something for information. I am also a consumer. I'm just not a consumer at that moment of that specific product, but I'm in this swirl somehow mm-hmm. of, yes, I'm building a greenhouse. I'm watching all the YouTube videos. I'm not going to buy some rando thing on an ad in a YouTube commercial related to some greenhouse, but I am looking for specific products for my greenhouse and I will buy them at some point. Now, when I walk into Home Depot, they have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) They don't know, but they don't care because I'm there to buy something, you know? So it's funny how some of the content serves people well and and the people who made the content don't make the sale and other people have the transaction intent so ready that, the information that prompted the transactional desire, they didn't have anything to do with. So, this is the swirl we live in. And I think it's just fascinating. There's so many angles here. So, anyway, all that to say, I think you do need to evaluate those four buckets
1: and think yeah. through how you can serve them and also be a part of the transactional value piece. Yeah. It's interesting. Just to your point, to, to cap that off, I guess it's one reason why I, I prefer sort of Google search-driven type environments, whether you like YouTube itself or, or Google, because I guess that what you're saying, for example, my wife is is forever on Facebook looking at pictures of cats falling off things. Mm-hmm. And then she buys a lot of holidays there. And this sort of holiday porn, you know, turns up there, you know, looking mm-hmm. at pictures of Italy or whatever. And so you're right. I guess that's the sort of browser surfer sort of mentality that interruption marketing a bit more. Whereas I suppose I'm more comfortable with the idea of people looking for things consciously yeah. and then yeah. serving them. So you're right, we need to take both into account, but they need different things I suppose as well, yeah. don't they? They have a different type of intent. They need to be entertained, you need to entertain them primarily, I guess, for example. And
0: Yeah. You know, Wh- when I was looking at the research for this conversation, I saw one graphic I didn't I didn't I won't cite my source because I don't remember it, but it was fascinating. It said that 40% of baby products are purchased by people who do not have children. <laughs> that is very interesting. And so yeah. The tagline for that conversation was purchasing intent trumps demographic or you know, it, it's psychographic is more important than demographic. If you just target people who have children because you have a baby product, yeah. 40% of the buyers are not in that uh, segment that you're targeting. Yeah. So, nice. this is the piece that I think is is really important. Psychographics, which is the mindset and the consumer psychology Trump's demographics and this is all about psychographic, you know, work that we're talking about. So
1: very interesting insight. Well, look, talking of which you've got nine tips. So your pro tips for time on site, what's our first tip?
0: Yeah. Overall goal, I would just say, you know, get your numbers sorted out, figure out how you can improve time on site. And and I would just say this list of nine is things to ponder or consider or lean into. First one is you want to look at how video is included in your product listing. Many many people on Shopify fo- throw in a photo or two, and the worst, not, you know, I'm not trying to be unkind, but the the worst Shopify sites will only use a poor photo or two, poor photos, or maybe just the manufacturer's photo if you're a reseller, and they have nothing else beyond that. And in Shopify stores in particular, you've got an opportunity to embed video right in the product listing, and those videos are gold. Those videos, honestly are the time on site super saturator, you know, like a, if you have an effective and engaging video and it's on your product page you could have people on a page for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. The only, and the question is how long can it be? And the only answer is it can't be boring. Hmm. If it is interesting to your ideal customer, let that sucker run, man. Make it 10 <laughs> minutes. Make it 20, but make a docudrama about the product. Who cares? It's like yeah. they're interested <laughs> because the thing, here's the thing about it the longer they're on your product page, the more they're starting to know you, like you, and trust you. They are associating with you. And mm. that is a big deal. <laughs> they're like, okay, yeah. I'm associating myself for 10 minutes with these people. Who are they? I don't know. But oh, here's their backstory. Oh, here's their warehouse. Oh, here's them walking through their whatever. Oh, here's their customers telling me, you know, whatever. That's all about association and knowing, liking, and trusting. And so video is I think is the number one tip. And it is uh, a huge opportunity for people to lean into. And of course on Amazon, I believe, there's opportunity there as well. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right about the video. The question of length is a funny one, isn't it? People are always asking the question, how long should a sales page be? And if it's written and how long should a video be? And the answer is always, uh, longer generally converts better as Mm -hmm. long as massive caveat it's engaging and i think Mm -hmm. the word is engagement for me everything we've been talking about with um Time on site is about engagement, and the reason why time matters is not in itself. I guess it's a proxy for engagement, right? As you said, knowing, liking, and trusting. On Amazon, it is a lot narrower, and in some ways, Amazon I think has made some very tasteful decisions, but in other ways, they're rather restrictive. So we just have to work within them. But Mm -hmm. the first thing is, I mean, generally, last time I made one, it's been a while now, but I think that the product listing video is limited to about a minute, maybe it's Mm -hmm. ninety seconds or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you can have more than one in most of the time. So why not use more than one and focus on different aspects? i would say one of the big problems with this is not that people don't understand theoretically they think oh yeah one day i'll do that when i have the budget and the complication and stuff here's Mm -hmm. what i would say don't complicate this the most important thing is to clarify your selling uh, points we've been you and i i know what yeah. you've been watching mad men recently right and, yeah. and it's the great don Cra- draper the head of the creative is a yeah. writer and he comes up with a concept then then come up with words and then they get the visual people to express the words and i think that's the right way around clarify your selling points first your benefits and unique features if you have one by the way unique folks means the only one in the world that's the meaning of the word yeah. so if it isn't yeah. unique don't obsess about it your customers won't make yeah. a slide deck of the existing image image data, that you already have your image images there, make a slide deck that shows those off, add a short punchy bit of clear text to highlight these, and by the way, the work on editing that is to shorten and shorten and shorten, mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes some work, mm-hmm. but just be super clear, add a bit of music. And then you're done. You, you might add voiceover if you want, but you don't have to. You can keep it very simple. And this stuff works for what I've seen with my clients. So yeah. keep it simple, but get it done. And you will automatically be ahead of everyone else who's sitting there thinking this is too complicated and not doing it. That's my main hint. Oh, man. You just camped on a few things that are really interesting.
0: The first one is what is unique about the your, your product? Well, the answer is you are unique about your product. And that immediately goes to branding. So, if you have a video that's like, hey, everybody, here's my product. In one minute, you've just expressed a brand to your customer that's uniquely yours that no one else can replicate. And that's you. And whether you've got a formal, you know, uh, logo and brand and all that set up or not, your video can be an expression of uniqueness in that important way. I'll also just say one other thing about this video, You, uh, the other thing you mentioned, uh, Mentioned reminded me of a Shailene Johnson, the Pio infomercial lady, who's at least in the US, it's a huge uh, infomercial that's very successful. And I was at a Brendan Burchard conference where she spoke and she said, The people, I think it's Beachbody, who are big, giant, you know, sellers of training and products and stuff like that for weight loss and all that, they, they produce all their stuff and they, they made a huge, huge, huge video, like a really massive production, high value, high production value video. And the way those infomercials work is they run them, and then if they work, they keep running them for you know forever. <laughs> and so, you know, and then if they don't work in a few test markets, they just they ban abandon the product or the video or whatever. Well, she she had this huge you know product launch with this high impact video that was made for her, and it just didn't work at all. It flopped, and so in her telling of the story, she was so devastated that she just said to the producers, "Please." Let me make my own edits of the video and please test what I'm going to give you. And she literally, with her phone, made clips of herself in her bathroom, in her kitchen, and then literally spliced it all together and created this sort of homemade looking TV, you know, 30 minute commercial wherever whatever it's 22 minutes. And it just crushed it and it worked and they refined it and the reason it crushed it was because it was authentic she was like not hair and makeup you know she's in her kitchen like hey everybody i know you're struggling with food choices right now blah 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 and she she created a 22 minute thing that worked with her with her phone so uh, to your point don't over obsess and in fact maybe don't delib- by deliberate choice don't over engineer try to do something that's natural organic and really you in the video work. So, okay. So we've camped on video for what, 10 minutes here, but we yeah. got to keep, we no, gotta keep going. No, I think so. it's
1: important stuff. I, yeah. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of slick and vapid stuff on Amazon. And these days, the Chinese, you know, producers that, that do their own marketing work, which I think they shouldn't, <laughs> is they, they're actually good at sort of reasonably slick, but very, very boring stuff. So slick mm-hmm. is not going to win you mm-hmm. consumers. I would start with engaging and then refine to slick uh, rather than the other way, exactly to the point you just made, right? The the story with Shailene Johnson, I- exactly the right way around. Start with engagement and then refine exactly yeah yeah okay Um, so second uh, point so videos are obviously really important what's the next way of increasing time on site yeah long form copywriting is the second big way to increase time on site so in your product
0: page you'd be shocked to see if you were with me on my coaching and consulting calls when i talk to shopify store owners how many times when we do the first audit of people's websites how short the copywriting is on their product pages. And the first thing we always tell them to do is lists, you know, we give them, you know, kind of a list of seven or eight or nine things to create paragraphs for with subheads, you know, and, and then we just say, you know, write and include these things on all your listings. And that whole, and we've talked about this before, but that, that piece of it by itself would increase time on site because if people are really interested in the details and they are, if they're on your product page, then they want to know technical details. They want to know about your guarantee. They want to know about your you know, other reviews. They want to know about the dimensions of the box you're going to ship in and how you ship and all of those things. You want all of that stuff right on the product page. And when I get pushback on this, people will be like, oh, well, that people don't want to read all that stuff. And I'm like, do you read all that stuff if you're really serious about buying something? And the other piece that some people can say is, oh, well, we've got that somewhere else on our website. That too is also a big mistake. So you want a long, good list of copywriting on your product pages. Bullet points are massively valuable. Lists are massively valuable. Little subhead sections, little paragraphs are massively valuable. Secondary videos that are embedded in, in Shopify can be put there as well. All of that stuff adds huge, you know, engagement in terms of people just looking through the listing and understanding what it is that you're trying to sell them absolutely
1: so a couple of points to your points i really like the fact you picked up on those those objections by your clients people don't want to read stuff Mm -hmm. well what does people mean yes the average consumer may not but maybe one in ten does it but in that case Mm -hmm. that might push your conversion rate up two percent but that's pure profit so why would you not want to have that over the course of a year that's going to become thousands of of dollars Mm -hmm. Uh, the second thing is we have that elsewhere is a deadly mistake in amazon listing is is forced by amazon to be much much simpler than the options you'd have on your own consumer side direct to consumer side but just because it's in the bullets doesn't mean people read it if you really have something important to communicate that you i would make it a rule for yourself that you have to put it in an image you know some people will reel the bullets the, the flip side of that is changing the bullets will increase your conversion rate if you get a good copywriter on it i've seen that time and time again uh, and so mm-hmm. you know i guess if something is important it should be everywhere <laughs> really should be yeah. repeated you okay. know <laughs> repetition is one of the keys to communication right so i think uh, to the old points
0: yeah, one little pro tip on this, just for example, your shipping details. Your shipping details should be on your footer info and link to a shipping page there. It should also be on your product pages for sure, 100%. It should also frequently can be in the pop down at the top of your homepage or on your homepage. The reason that's so important is because in the absence of that being in front of the customer so that they see it clearly, they will go through the checkout to discover what the shipping detail is. And then you'll have poor conversion rate metrics because they'll just be information seeking on your shipping detail through checkout. That is a mistake because it lowers your conversion rate. It really, you're and you'll see the spread in Shopify between added to cart and completed purchase. And if that spread is really big, people are information seeking through your checkout uh, process. It's a big mistake anyway. So, so there you go. So that's that's one of the reasons why you want that stuff on your product page.
1: By the way, that totally mirrors my experience as a shopper on other people's sites. Mm-hmm. So like most of the time, I yeah. find I have to go to that. And so most people communicate shipping or pricing very very poorly in my experience so i'm Mm -hmm. sure you could easily win quite a lot of the time a couple of points for those who are stuck on amazon trying to make this stuff work i mean longer form writing is possible on amazon in two separate places one is the description and to your point about formatting clearly they have got rules at any given point html is out of the picture sometimes you can get away with it sometimes not but even if you can't use that you can use heads and and paragraphs that are easy to absorb and a, a few simple simple tips one is use really short clear headers again i find that the more important information is the more I have to write and rewrite it, sometimes 10 times, to get really super clear communication. Use short sentences and use the Hemingway app. It's a fantastic way to clarify and simplify. Mm-hmm. And use short paragraphs with plenty of space. So it's just easy to absorb for those who do read. Uh, the other obvious place is A plus content. We don't get given that many options by Amazon, but they're fairly tasteful. So at least we're not going to do bad things. And again, just, just keep it um, very short punchy and really really clear and obviously it tends to tie in with photos which can clarify things as well mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay awesome number three yeah
0: in our list is infographics and images that have stats and metrics on them now you just said it, images do we don't we don't have that on our list do we Goodness, we have to have a 10th thing. Somehow know? we don't. Yes, I think you're right. That's we shoddy up. prep work on our <laughs> my part. Sorry.
1: No, I uh, missed it uh, as just well. Just <laughs> a
0: thorough number of images. You, you should have the maximum number of images you can. And on Shopify, you should really think through having a good, you know, six to 10 images. Okay. So anyway, but but some of those images you can also add as infographics or I, I like the product image with the text overlay with little arrows and little you know kind of infographic y type aspects to one of your photos or a couple of your photos for your products with the call out text being some feature or you know, or even benefit of the product. So for example if the knob is a push button instead of a twist, why is that better? You know, or whatever. And do you want put, to put that on your product listing? Those aspects I think are highly engaging. And people will will look at those. And as soon as they see text on an image, they will click on that image to see what you're trying to communicate. It is a visual magnet. It, it's like a, it's almost an open loop visually, especially on a website. Think about this. You see three or four images there that are really small thumbnails. And in that, in that first glance, when you see them, You cannot see what's on those images, but you can see whether there's text on one of them. And when you see that there's text on an image, it's almost in your mind a a requirement that you click on that image and see what that thing says. And so it really is an opportunity to engage that visitor, that product page visitor for an extra, you know, two seconds, five seconds, whatever it is and so there you go so infographic components i think are very very helpful
1: thanks so much for listening to another episode of the e-commerce leader so today's been all about increasing time on site or on your product pages that's part of conversion rate optimization and let's not forget that's part of the profit strategy this is all about making you more money that you keep so that's why uh, jason and i are sort of banging on about this and and really hoping to drive this thing home really so important to obsess about this stuff so today we've had just a reminder of why time on site matters because it's correlated directly with the probability of sale going up the longer somebody sticks on your site or on your product listing in the amazon ecosphere the longer the more characteristically probable they are going to buy so today simple ideas surface searches shoppers or top middle bottom of the funnel depending on where they are at the purchase intent we need to sort of match that and then a few pro tips including video um including long-form writing broken up by engaging subheaders, images, making sure you use the maximum number of images, think about the mix of editorial and sort of product focus, and then don't forget to use infographics as well. And depending on how far we've got through the list, there's a few other things to come as well. So pretty straightforward stuff, but it's something that you need to actually just, you could just simply use these 10 points that we've got over these couple of podcasts and make a, a checklist and then, just go through every single listing or through your website as a whole and just make sure you're doing this stuff because in my experience this is not complicated but it's very very financially rewarding but it's a question of getting down to it isn't it so my challenge to you is to find a way to make sure you actually get down to this stuff one way of getting down to things is very simply having a coach for accountability if you want to explore working with jason and kyle if you have your own direct consumer site or and all that and an amazon presence then you can go to winning on Shopify, and you can find them there. If you want to keep following this show on the podcast player of your choice, then obviously just find the e commerce leader spelt with an e commerce and subscribe. And if you can leave us your highest and best rating out of five stars on the Apple Podcasts app, that would be fantastic. So far, Spotify doesn't seem to be doing the rating thing, that may change depending on when you're listening to this. And the final thing is we are starting, we have started an interesting uh, new form of content for the e-commerce leader with our call-in show. So we've got a four-way panel. Most of the time, sometimes three or four different people, Jason and myself are the sort of a couple of the core members. And we've also got Kyle Hamer, Jason's business partner, who's got an Amazon focus and Chris Green, who's many different things. Amazon best known probably for retail arbitrage or making that, that, home famous and also now a KDP so kindle direct publishing person and got a background in merch as well so it's a real brains trust for e-commerce so do check that out you can download the call-in app on your iphone if you have an iphone if you're on android or windows You'll have to wait a little bit longer, I think. But it's going to be worth checking out that show as well. And the general idea of that app is to make podcasting more interactive. So do come and be part of the show, and we could even sort of pull you into discussion if it's relevant as well. Thank you so much for taking the time and attention to follow us and to, to follow what we have to offer. We're working really hard to try and make you the best e-commerce leader you can be. Thanks for your time.